Welcome to the Access Effect podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Access Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment and your host for the Access Effect. And I'm super excited to have Heather Brown with me. We have been chatting pre-podcast, Heather. Heather is your Senior VP of Entrepreneurial Development for the Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance and the president and co-founder of Startup Vegas. That is such a long title, but I'm so excited to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much. I am glad to be here. And yes, our pre-podcast conversation is getting me fired up this next hour because I am just so excited to talk all things Vegas, all things startup entrepreneurship, and just spend some time with you. Yeah, I so so I'm so obsessed with like talking to you. And I know we were chatting prior. I'm like, holy shit, we got a podcast, a show to do. And so again, I, I I so seriously got so much to talk to you about that we're not even gonna begin to cover the next 30, 40 minutes. But like I do love, I mean, we talked about this. It's like Vegas is Vegas. We know the F1 is gonna be there. CS, it's, it's an event town, it's casinos, it's a weekend. But like when we're chatting about this, like why we aren't there as an agency, because I always view Vegas as it being there for events, but no standing business there ongoing. And and I, I want to like seriously got to figure out how to break this down. You got a tremendous background, like so impressive. Like, you know, you were in Dubai, you lived in Europe, you came back to Vegas where you grew up, but like you are president and co-founder of Startup Vegas. And I know Startup Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, went through a few different, what, how do we build the infrastructure for a sustainable ecosystem for business, tech, entertainment, and startups. And then I want to talk to you about what that's about and then how you ended up pivoting over to the Vegas Global Economic Alliance, because this is very impressive that you are fostering innovation and growth to build up Vegas on a business level versus more of just a playground for casinos and fun. Like I'm going to make that assumption from talking to you, but um, is that kind of why you're holding these roles and what your main ethos and goal is right now? Yeah, I think you outlined that really well. This is my hometown. I grew up here. I love Las Vegas, but I got to know Las Vegas in a very different way. I mean, I'd like to just tell a quick story. When I was two days old, exactly two days on the planet, my mom took Caesar's Palace. Not because she was a gambling addict, but because she actually worked the front desk at Caesar's Palace. So on my second day on this planet, she took me to Caesar's Palace because that is just a normal thing to do when you grow up in the 80s in Vegas. So fast forward, now when I go to Caesar's Palace, it's just a completely, you know, it's just a fun place to go. But I look beyond Las Vegas Boulevard, you know, and that's, and that's the biggest thing that I decided to do when I moved back here from Washington, D.C. And I said, look, Las Vegas is a special town. We're very innovative at our core. Business happens here. And we are, we, we really believe that status quo is not the answer. This is how it's always done is not an answer. And that's the very nature of Vegas. This is who we are from our early days in, in 1905 when we became a city. And that spirit of entrepreneurship, that spirit of innovation lives on today. And, and we just were named the number one pre-IPO 
city in North America. And that's not an accident. We work really hard at telling our story now. We open up opportunities. And Vegas is open for business. You can come here. You can live here. You can play here. Your friends will come and visit you all the time. I've seen more people in, in my life in the last two years I've been back than the 10 years pr- previous. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I feel really, yeah. Business-wise, you came back, you know, a few years ago to do Startup Vegas. Is, I mean, because what is your whole idea of creating Startup Vegas? I mean, what was the leadership behind that? Is it because we all think of Vegas? Yeah, we do. And I, I, by the way, I do love your story. Two days on the planet, you're already at Caesars. I absolutely love that. But the thing is, it's like, you know, it, people do, it is casino was built. We always say, you know, this is a dot playground in the middle of the desert, the casinos and everything. And I know Zappos was there. There was, um, I, and I believe, I forgot the guy's name. I know he passed away a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, but, and I know we produced a fashion show there, but it's just like, where is the, beyond the casinos, where is the economics of business in Las Vegas? I mean, where does that really stand right now? And then that, are you trying to build more into that or is that already there, but people just aren't aware of it, why you're trying to, why you moved into the economic alliance area of it? Yeah, I'll give you a a quick synopsis. So I actually joined a startup and they were based in Las Vegas and I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And I kept coming back and forth between the coast and I was like, wait, you know, I really could use some mentorship. I really could use some, just, is there a community I can fold into? I personally just had, you know, maybe, maybe I'll call it imposter syndrome, right? Cause I'd never worked for a startup before. I've always been entrepreneurial, but it is a very different trajectory when it's a, a true startup that will eventually be VC backed. And my, the, the CEO of the company it was a friend of mine and we sat down and I said, look, these are the pain points of an entrepreneurship. These are the pain points I see that we're going we're gonna to feel over the next few years as we scale. We need a community. There's 2.4 million people here. Why don't we have a community? And him and I just sat out to literally do that. We just created a community. We started with the Slack channel, right? It, it was just so grassroots. And I have a political background. And so I took it as if this was a campaign. And we set up events that were so well done, but they felt fun. Things were organized, but they were laid back. And we really just identified and, and we had complete hockey stick growth. Our very first event, more people showed up than RSVP'd and it has just taken off since then. Now we have a, a few staff members, we got some grant money and we're running this like huge ecosystem and it's growing and we're engaging with the governor's office. We're passing legislation. We got our city council that's really just investing in us. We got our economic development agencies that are starting to pay attention to, to the startups and the, and the entrepreneurs in town. And it was actually that trajectory, that, that complete, just out of nowhere. I knew that we could do this. I knew we could build something and people were wanting a community to fold into. And I really harnessed this power and I, I took it to the local economic engine for Southern Nevada, the Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance. And we decided that for the first time in its, you know, 42 year history, that we were going to start investing in entrepreneurs and startups and have that be one of the verticals that we invest in. And they brought me on to build it, to build up that vertical. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Do you think the reason, I mean, it's like with everything else and I hate to like, 
frame it this way is since the pandemic, you know, people were leaving out of New York. I mean, I was from LA. I was in LA for like 20 years. I moved to Scottsdale last year. I mean, literally it's been almost a year and I've been hybrid back and forth. It's just become such a messy place. It's hard to be there. Taxes, everything just makes it hard. Do you think that the economy or the startups, um, the leadership beyond just casinos and hospitality, do you think it's really took a big boost because people were starting to move into these other areas where taxes, where it wasn't so confining, it was easier to live, more opportunities. I mean, did that have any play in this? Because Vegas is kind of the go-to place for everybody. And I feel like the, again, just, and I'm just saying up until you came in, obviously we never thought of Vegas as a leadership town when it comes to business and tech. Unless it was you're a casino person. But I mean, do what has contributed over the past like two or three years to this like mad rush of CEOs and tech and entertainment and like beyond just the casino? I mean, I feel like it's beyond the casino life there is what we really need to drill down to so people understand there is Vegas is more than just casino life. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think much like anything, timing is everything. Yeah. And it is a is a combination of us getting professional sports, is a combination of our local university, UNLV, becoming an R1 institution, uh, one of the most diverse campuses in the United States. It was COVID played a big factor where people on the coast were looking for maybe to return back to their hometown. Maybe they're looking for more square footage. Cost of living was still relatively cheap compared to other uh, bigger cities. And I think it's just, it's overall messaging. It's overall, you know, we had thought leaders for the first time in our community saying, but we can be more. We don't have to wait until there's a pandemic that shows us that, you know, hospitality and gaming cannot carry us through. And if you look at the bookends of, of a decade, you have the economic crisis and then you have the pandemic. And this city came to a halt both times. I graduated college in 2008. There were no jobs here. Unless you were going into hospitality, I didn't even know that I could stay here. But then in 2008, there just wasn't anything. Nobody was hiring. Nobody was expanding. And so I knew I was always going to move to Washington, D.C., but I also didn't have a choice. I didn't have a backup plan to stay here if I wanted it. So I moved and I you know, I don't want that to be our trajectory moving forward. I want taxpayer subsidized education. I want those students to stay in Las Vegas and help our greater Las Vegas economy grow. They are our economic engine and we need to keep them here, but we need to provide jobs and we need to have like innovative companies moving in and and diversifying our economy in order to get them to stay. And you have kind of like an all hands on deck, every municipality, every entity, every chamber is focused on this. Now we are saying collectively gaming, you will always be our backbone. We, you know, would not be Vegas without you, but yeah. Vegas is so much more than hospitality and gaming. I mean, we have two world champions in sports and we've only had professional sports for six years. I'm cracking up because like you like, and I know you spent time in DC, you have political background, you sound like an extraordinarily good politician, like, like you are so passionate about 
the economics and a reason to stay and live and work and thrive in an economy that people didn't know existed. Like, honestly, your, your political background is such a tremendous positive impact on where you are right now of what you're doing. It, it, it is impressive to listen to you talk about this because I mean, and I know from being in DC, you, you know, we all grow up and we all carry as leaders, we all carry our past jobs, you know, good, bad, and different, what we learn with us to the next job. And it's just like, you have carried such tremendous leadership from your past jobs and traveling into this role, which is so impressive, Heather, because it is all about building a community. We are we are creatures of habit. We are all about communities. And I feel like when there's not a community, somebody's got to stand up, lead, and build that community and, or and bring it back together again, which is exactly what you're doing over there in Vegas. I, I did not even intend to take on that role, but it it kind of, I think, you know, what's it? To handle yourself, use your head. To handle others, you use your heart. And I think for me, I just, I knew that I needed, I needed some type of community to succeed in my startup, but I also knew that others needed someone to build it because they were focused on building their companies. And, you know, with my political background, you know, I I knew how to be a grassroots organizer. I knew that community, it needed to be you know, very community driven, and we needed to empower the right people. And, you know, I took a very, I took a very you know, serious approach, like this, this was my new project. If we were going to build this, we were going to build it right. We were yeah. going to bring in the right people, we were going to develop the right programming that was successful. And it, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that I had good mentors around me, one of my best friends, his name is Peter Tomasic, and he has been a great mentor in this space. He's a serial entrepreneur, exited from a few companies, and he knows his stuff. And he took the time to teach me. You know, him and I, I come from political background. He comes from entrepreneurial background, startup ecosystem background. And together, we were able to mix and mash our two strengths. And we created something that that really is showcasing what's special about Vegas. And, you know, we've, we've actually, you know, going back to how cool it is to be in Vegas, all these big companies and conventions are in town. And we always hold the big, like a Shark Tank style event, we call it Level Up. We hold it during CES. And we had 500 people RSVP to our event the first year we did it. It was amazing. And Mobile World Congress actually saw our programming and now they've partnered with us. Because they said, your stuff is cool. Will you do it at our convention? We're coming to town and we want to be good stewards of, of you know, this local ecosystem and, and be a good partner. We'll yeah. give you, you know, access to a stage. Can you run programming? It's, it's really special to be in a place that everyone wants to come and visit. And we want startups and we want entrepreneurs to know that you have a home here. We are very innovative. I can give you an example of like really strong leadership here in Southern Nevada, our city of Las Vegas, actually our CTO, uh, his name is Michael Sherwood. He has gone out of his way to make sure that the city council and the mayor understand why it's important to, you know, change laws and allow for startups to be innovative and test it. And it's a test bed for their, for their products. 
And we've had so many awesome startups use the city of Las Vegas in that way. And what city do you know that does that? Say, yeah, we really want you to come here. You need us to change a law? Okay, let's work on it. Let's do it. So it's it's really cool. So because we do, you know, we're a PR firm, all tech sports entertainment. And the one of the things that, you know, been to see us, Mobile Congress, I've spoken at them, launched clients there. One of the things that I just, you know, don't like about some of these big conferences and good, better, and different, they are there. And I'm just going to think, kind of just rip off the band-aid here. What I love, I love that you're building and grinding to build this. But what I love about partnerships is a long-term play where it's a team effort. I feel like when I see CS, Mobile World Congress, we've been at them all, we know them well, it's our world. They come and they go. I've seen so many of these conferences and groups come in, we need your help. We really want to blow it out, but then as soon as they make their money, do what they do, they stop supporting the venue, the industry, the place where they were. And I'm a big believer when it comes to branding. You take all of these, they're all brands, right? Everything you're doing, mm-hmm. startup is a brand. CS, everything's a brand. Las Vegas in itself is its own monster brand. Brands need to stay live before, during, and after an event. What the biggest issue is of being a PR from an experiential, because we you know, we also produce the largest global awards in the industry for mobile tech and entertainment on a global level. And, you know, we have the podcast and stuff, but my big thing, and maybe it's just being in PR, being a CEO, I've spent 15 years really building a really solid reputation for being very client focused, but I'm a big believer in that, that you keep the brand live before, during, and after. Not just here's all this money, here's all this time. We had a really great time. And then poof, you disappear. And you don't come back. And then when the wind blows, you're in a different direction. It, to me, branding is all about sustainability beyond just a week, a month, a day or two. It's building sustainable programs that build and grows and fosters innovation and leadership. And that's what I look for, what we look for when we put our agency name behind it. When as a CEO, when I put my name behind any organization or any group, those are the important things to me is building sustainable relationships that foster innovation. And that's not just, hey, spend a week and spend a week here. It is really understanding what that community needs, what's about, and how you could grow it. And I get this, my biggest pet peeve is when people say they're doing that, but then they're here today, gone tomorrow. They don't really understand how to brand and grow and foster a community. Oh, I totally agree. And and uh, it's so funny that you're saying this because I feel like, you know, CES has become this like giant monster of a, of a convention. Here, it's here in our backyard, so we take advantage of it. I, I have to tell you, Mobile World Congress has has really invested in the partnership with Startup Vegas. I mean, it is really impressive what they have, they have gone above and beyond really just trying to be good stewards and have a year long, a year round presence. But it's funny you say that because I've actually thought about this and I'm kind of, woo, world exclusive. (laughs) I've, I've kind of thought about this concept of like an event around the event. And so like when Money 2020 is in town, it's very FinTech focused. Can we get payment processing? Can we get FinTech startups to come to a separate startup pitch day where investors are already in town, CEOs are already in town, 
all these big companies are already in town. Is there a way to do something that's completely separate of the big conventions but happens simultaneously? But yes, and but, but but yes, I'm going to be it because we've done so many startup pitch sessions and we've done so much experiential stuff. So you see, and the smartest rule of thumb is you just nailed it on the head. If you're already around an existing group of people like-minded, that's the market demographics you need. Join rings. Instead of being a competitor of somebody's, partner with them, be a team player. Okay. The only way to be a good leader is to be a good team player and leverage that out. And if you, if you it's just, it's not, and it's not easy. People don't think about it, but you've got to like, seriously think the creative, strategic way about leveraging and doing events. But if you could leverage a partnership, leverage an event, leverage a community, a group group that's there with a similar need and focus like yeah you'd be I'd, I'd say you'd be stupid not to have that kind of mentality and I love that yeah. you're going down that road because I do not that's my mentality and it's so hard when you're fighting against a wall because the other person just doesn't get it you know and I feel very blessed because you know I was able to make the take the bridge from community organizer in the startup ecospace to economic development in the startup space. And our CEO, Tina Quigley, has really empowered me and, and given me a lot of leeway to test these theories out, right? Because right now they're just theories. They're just conceptual. Yeah. Like, will people want to engage with us? But also, can I make the case for Vegas in a way, to, to, to your point earlier in this conversation, you know, Vegas is its own brand. We understand. When, when I say to anybody in the world, I've been to 82 countries and every country, they say, oh, where are you from? I'm from Vegas. Every single person from the most rural parts of a jungle to, you know, Amsterdam, like they all know Vegas and it all has a connotation. Yeah. But how do I, as a local, as someone who absolutely sees the potential for growing and thriving in this city. How do I actually convert people's mentality of Vegas as, as a place? And, and that's, that's on me, right? That's, that's literally my job is to be a concierge almost to these companies that are saying, yeah, I am looking for a new place. I don't, I'm interested in Vegas, but I don't know anything other than Los yeah, Angeles but, Boulevard. But, 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 your, but your point there, Heather, is like the connotation of, oh, we know Vegas. We have this per perception is reality. Okay, so I'm going to talk from a PR standpoint. It's just perception is reality. And they all have that perception that Vegas has this connotation of fun parties, you know, gambling, everything, debauchery and everything. But it's there's there's an actual thriving economy underneath the lights that people don't understand. It's about changing the narrative right now, outbound to understanding who the market is, what the market you want, and understanding the narrative that you've got to change to flip that perception around. And that I feel is the biggest challenge and takes the most leadership. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, as an organization, we're, we're funny. You're saying that we're literally having a, um, all these marketing meetings with community stakeholders saying, what, what does this look like? What do people say to you when you say, oh, I'm from Vegas, or you try and bring people here for attraction purposes? So we're, we're actually in the process of identifying the fact that we have a PR problem in so much that we've done such a good job at selling the sexy side of Vegas that now we have to almost change the narrative for the people who are listening to saying, we're actually 
a great community town. You can go to all the sports. You can, you know, I, I feel like I'm a fun person and I never go down to the strip. I'll go down for games, concerts, and like when friends are in town. But I don't spend Monday through Friday hanging out on the strip. I've got my own community, local pubs, and and fun walking trails and hiking opportunities. And like, there's so much right here. And every time I bring someone in on a familiarization tour and take them off the strip, without a doubt, I get the I get the following like, wow, I had no idea that X was here. I had no idea blah. And it's like, wow, okay, we really do not ever tell our story about what's outside of Las Vegas Boulevard. And that is what I am doing now. I am here to tell you that Vegas is a fun place. The cost of living is still relatively very cheap. And we have a good community backbone to who we are. And the more I can tell that to people, and I always say, I was like, yeah, I'm happy to show you around. We've got a whole team that will do it for bigger companies. And and this is just a really great place to raise kids. And, you know, we're going through a whole education narrative right now because the big the big headlines always like to call this largest school district isn't, you know, isn't viable, especially not true. When you dig in and look at the data, which is what we're doing right now, is we're looking at that data and saying, absolutely not. Our charter schools are some of the best in the country and they're public charter schools. We have some of the best magnet programs. We have the best CTE programs. We do dual enrollment like nobody's business. Like we do so many things to give students a leg up. And like, it's really sad that, you know, mainstream media doesn't want to cover the good things. They just want to talk about the salacious things. So now peer to peer, organization to organization, we're going to start talking about what makes us special beyond the lights and neon. Yeah. And I do, I just crack up when you said you are really a fun person and it is that we, people, we don't under, <laughs> we all go to Vegas to be on the strip, to party, to gamble, whatever. It's that fantasy go to Vegas, but it, you know, th- there are communities, there are stories to tell a message. And I think just being in PR, it is about the sensationalism. So I think, you know, the, the press kind of starts and stops very quickly at the strip and the lights, because it's just, and, and it really is weird because like if you're talking about being Vegas, being a brand and what you're doing, 90, I think 4% of all companies, startups fail with that very strategic PR and marketing. The press releases build it and they will come. Doesn't happen. It's being creative. It's being strategic, intuitive. It's being, it's experiential. If you don't have the experience beyond a spa shopping, hung, hangover, gambling day, you really don't know what there is beyond just what you're seeing in front of you. But I mean, let me, let me ask you a question. Like, like I know that um, you guys, you know, we have NFL in Vegas now, you know, we, we definitely have the Raiders. Has that made a big, I would assume, I mean, besides sports, has that made a big impact on the economics having an NFL team there right now? Oh yeah. I just saw some statistics earlier today that, and, and, and I'm probably going to get this a little wrong, but it's one of the best, most like lucrative stadium and the home team makes more than uh, most teams because of the away team fan base that travels here and Vegas as a whole we're seeing that people aren't just staying Sunday night they're staying Monday night too and flying home Tuesday so we have now created you guys have a new stadium because it's a new team 
people aren't just going to fly to Oakland, you know, Philly, you know, there is a judgment. There's great places, but it's Vegas. This isn't just a game. It's an experiential weekend that's just wrapped around NFL games every Thursday and Sunday of the week, you know? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, that was a big selling point for why we were as a community put so much money into the stadium because we knew it would create jobs and we knew it would spur economy. And it's really, it's like, this is the new global capital of like, of the fun economy. And we're really leaning in on that. Like, how do you expand the tech side of fun economy? How do you build upon like fan experience? Because people come here and they expect to be wowed and wined and dined and having a good time. And we have to say, yeah, you can do that in sports. You can do that. I mean, I think we're getting Oakview is building a basketball arena here. We potentially might be getting the A's. I mean, we are investing heavily in sports and, and along those lines, we're actually focused on sports tech and what does that mean for, and how do we really build it here? And, and what does that mean for the region? We want to say that we're a sports capital. So we are having a sport it's called CECON, Sports Entertainment Innovation Convention, happening next July, right here in Las Vegas. It'll be our first like huge regional homegrown convention. We're doing it around sports because, like you mentioned, we have F1 for the next 10 years. We have the Super Bowl. And to kind of lead up to that, in November of this year, we're doing a sports tech summit that really focuses on who do we want to be as an ecosystem in the sports arena? And then right before the Super Bowl, we're going to do like a pitch competition. And then we're going to, it's going to all lead to the big convention next year. I think what you're seeing, going back to the special part about being Vegas and people wanting to come here. And, you know, we're ready to capitalize on that personally, not just letting people come in and rent our space and leaving and not having a, a touch point into the community until their next convention. But we're ready to grow some local community-focused conventions that will actually push the needle of, of topics that we care about. And I think you're really starting to see a collective, cohesive movement towards how do we tell our own story and how do we make it special? So Vegas is known for more than just, you know, the normal Vegas sex sells. What happens here stays here. What happens here only happens here. And it's, it's great. It's a great narrative. And it's great that as a community, we're doing this together. So where you are now compared to like the next five years, where do you see, where is the trajectory of Vegas right now? Like, is it, is it, oh, is where you know, more sports teams? Is it, you know, you have Silicon Valley and tech, you got fashion, you know, agencies, media in LA. What are the big agencies or the big verticals that you guys are really your goal to build? So I know personally, sports entertainment tech, health tech, and fintech. And I'm sure like some sustainability tech in there too, because we have to, we already have a, a pretty robust called Water Start, and they work with a bunch of water-focused tech companies and getting them embedded into water agencies. And, you know, out of every state and every region in the Southwest, our region is, we're the best with water. I mean, we consumptive use, we recycle 90% of it. It's, it's amazing what we've been able to do because we understood that we had a water problem 10 years ago. Yeah. And so now moving forward, what are our other problems? We have to fix our healthcare system and we have a ton of health tech and it's just getting it organized and helping it grow 
and then finding funding for it and getting more wet labs and doing all of these all of these com- ecosystem component pieces. Luckily, we have an amazing city council member, Brian Knudsen, who is just championing this. And he is going to be the person that completely changes the medical district here in Las Vegas. And we owe him so much because he has made this his single issue. And we have all these amazing health tech companies and, and entrepreneurs that are building here. And it's really special. I think FinTech, because of the gaming components, and we have a lot of opportunity to scale that. And then sports and entertainment tech, you know, that's, that's a no-brainer. You should be here. Yeah. We have enterprise companies that should absolutely be your first customer. And we should make that happen because we say we're the entertainment capital already. And now we're the sports capital. What else can we do other than foster and, and grow and incubate all of the sports tech and, and entertainment tech right here in Las Vegas? That's absolutely amazing. So for what kind of companies? Like, is it more startups? Is it entrepreneur? Is it because, you know, every industry has leadership, you know, big companies. I mean, and I feel like not just a company, but the executives putting their name, putting their own influence and brand into Vegas to help support it. Are we looking at leadership and names that can bring in the events and you could draw a crowd or are you looking for like company, like, you know, the Teslas, the Amazons of the world to move facilities there, or is it a mixture of both? I think it has to be a mixture of both, right? We need established companies that have a work that will, that are willing to relocate their workforce, but we also have to have a workforce that can be a pipeline into a company if it wants to scale and what company doesn't want to scale. We also have to foster a community for our early stage companies, which is what we've been able to do. And so I think it's a combination of all the things. One of the programs that I was a founding member of, it's called Vegas Tech Summit. And the premise is that we believe Vegas is special. And we think that other high net worth individuals, company CEOs living outside of Nevada should absolutely look to Nevada as their new home as they you know, contemplate relocation. And it was very successful. Our first one was last year in September. This year, we're going to do another one the first week in October. And we have all of these really impressive individuals that are saying, you know, maybe where I'm at just isn't home anymore. Maybe there's safety concerns. Maybe there's tax concerns. Maybe, you know, quality of life is just not there. And we bring them here and we say, look, you've you've got to consider Vegas because it has that fun background that everybody, you know, who doesn't want a Las Vegas Boulevard in their backyard. But then you don't have to go there. You can stay in Summit. You can stay in Anthem. You can stay in all of these really nice upscale communities where you're getting a house for a third of the price and you're getting twice as much house. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a compelling argument. And I think we need the CEOs to come here and move here. We need investors to start looking here while we start, while we help startups and in their infancy grow. And then we need to be able to attract the scalable companies that are looking to go from 30 to 100 employees. And we have to have the workforce for them, which is why our higher ed- education is so important. I mean, UNLV's College of Engineering, Dean Rama over there has quadrupled the size of his engineering college in the last 10 years. The investment being made is a trajectory looking forward. And 
I think that is the number one message I want people to get out of why Vegas is so special is because we're actually no longer just relying on gaming and hospitality. We're looking to our future and saying, we have to diversify. How do we diversify? We want high paying, scalable, sustainable jobs for our you know, residents. And we're offering tech jobs. We're offering, you know, it's, it's just so amazing to see where we're investing in. And then the companies that come here and say, yeah, this is home for us. And we're going to build here too. We believe in your vision and we're ready to be a part of that. I would not recognize my hometown from 2008 when I left for the first time. I, I, would, not, I would not recognize it today. If you would have told me this is where we would be, I'm just so proud that in 15 short years, we've completely just injected a whole new lifeline into our ecosystem. And, and we're just doing so much with it. It's like the economies of scale of living beyond the strip. And that's what people need to understand. There's an economy there. There's it's scalable. The living is just, it's beyond just what we want to read and see in the media and what we've seen for bachelor weekends or CS weekends. And Mm -hmm. I feel like people are there to go get drunk, to have a good experience, but they're not really understanding the life like every place, everybody has their economies beyond just what you see on the travel and tourism. I did a sports travel and tourism conference there pre-pandemic with, and it was all the travel and tourism companies in every city and state. And they actually did it in Vegas. We actually organized that event for them with event planners on it. And it was probably one of the most tremendous conferences we've ever produced because we brought travel tourism from almost every state in the U.S., over to a conference there for all meeting planners, people to understand what it's not just, hey, we're going to be here from Florida or Texas or New Orleans. We were in Vegas. Everybody was saying, look, we have to promote you when people come to us of where do we go? And it was just, it was such a good thing to see all these other traveling tours from other states in Vegas gather to really understand what was there in Vegas to support. But then again, it was pre-COVID. So I don't, you know, it's kind of like everybody's rebuilding again, you know, having to rebuild their messages, having to reestablish their brand, re-strengthen their communities, which, you know, is really sad that we have to start over. But so much has shifted of realizing these places we never thought about economic scales to live in actually attractive places to go for like you said taxes schools lifestyle everything so it's just, it's such a tremendous thing that you're doing i absolutely love that you're doing this honestly what where can everybody heather where can everybody go to get more information on economic council the startups and how can they reach you yeah i am accessible on linkedin so linkedin the heather brown and you know, you can visit our website, lvgea.org, or if you're interested in the startup piece, it's startup.vegas. And if you reach out to me, I'm going to send you to our Slack channel. We have a thriving Slack channel where people are helping each other and learning about different events. And just, we have a really good community and I'd love for more people to be a part of it. Awesome. That is so awesome. It was so good having you on. I hate that we're running out of time, but like Heather, it was like literally, you got a big challenge ahead of you, but so supportive of the leadership 
you're showing growing in Vegas right now. Honestly, great job in the short two and a half years you've been there. Thank you. That means so much. And and I'll just say like, you know, this would not be possible if I didn't genuinely believe that Vegas was such a special place that it was worth completely, you know, upending my life that I had established my, for myself on in Washington, D.C. to come back to, and just be a part of growing my hometown and changing the narrative. I really believe in what I'm doing. And I'm so grateful that you and other people want to listen about it because, you know, I think the message that I would hope people would take away is if you're not interested in coming to Vegas, I totally understand. There's so many amazing other places to live, but just know that, you know, when you come to Vegas, think about the community that exists, go off the strip, see what life is like, and just figure out how you can also tell your own story for your community because every community is special. Every community has that local flair that I think is important that the external world knows about. And I just hope folks start to do that when they talk about their hometown, share what's special about it, share what made you want to stay there. And, you know, where, where do you hope it's going? Because I think, you know, when more citizens get engaged with how the trajectory of their local community is going, it's just going to be better because it's going to be developed with a diverse thought process and, you know, a diverse community being involved. So, yeah, thanks for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate it. Hey, it's all a learning career. Just figure it out as we go along. It was so good having you on the show. Heather Brown, like Las startup, Las Vegas, Las Vegas Economic Council. Reach out to Heather directly. Otherwise, this is Sarah Miller with the Access Effect. And Heather Brown signing off. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Access Effect podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Axis Effect podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit theaxiseffect.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.